Do you need a landscaping job tackled? Keen Landscaping is a family-owned and operated full-service landscaping company based in Dallas, Texas. Anything from property restoration and tree pruning or removal to landscape design, construction, and installation, Keen covers it all. They're also the official landscape company of the Dallas Stars. Learn more at KeenLandscaping.com. Again, that's K-E-A-N-E Landscaping.com. Welcome to Parker's MMA Show. If you want to learn about all things going down in the fight world, you've come to the right place. Each episode, your host, Parker Keen, will take a deeper dive into the always entertaining world of sanctioned fist fighting. Now here's your host, Parker Keen. Parker's MMA Show back in action today. We got a double dose of interviews. Um, we're going to do our regular show, which will be episode 49. And then for our big episode 50, we have special guest Frank Mir coming on. So, Billy, let's get into episode 49 here. We got a lot to talk about UFC 253, the fight nights. We're going to recap, and then we're going to recap Bellator. Um, like always, everyone like, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff. Billy, take it away. All right, man. So where do you want to get started? How about UFC 253? Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. So our guy, the Polish power, Jan Blachowicz, is the new light heavyweight title holder. Um, Billy, you need to apologize publicly for sleeping on the Polish power. Um, he sent me a DM that said he was very disappointed with you. And if you ever make your way to Poland, he's coming for you. So, Billy, what did you think of Jan's performance against Dom Reyes? I was really impressed, man. I thought, you know, they talk about the Polish power. We got to see the Polish power, man. I mean, that that first, that left kick that he ripped to the body, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything bruise faster than that kick to the body. It clearly stopped Dom's movement. And then... You know, we we said it, that right hand, man, that right hand is lethal on Jan Blahovich. I was super impressed by him. What did you think? No, same thing. I mean, that that body kick, I, I think he hit him in that same spot two or three times, but it looked like Dom Reyes got sh shot with a shotgun. I mean, I've never seen a body kick bruise so brutally so quickly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he doesn't – Jan Blahovich, I, I think people – kind of overlook him because he doesn't seem like the most athletic. You know, he's not the fastest. He's not the most explosive. He doesn't have a crazy, you know, knockout high, highlight reel like some other of these guys. But, I mean, he's a freaking grinder. And he's just a guy, he's 37 years old now, that's just been hammering away, fighting tough guys. And he got that belt. So, yeah, I, I thought it was awesome. It was um, it, it was just kind of a special moment. It was like – it was refreshing to see someone outside of John Jones have that belt and it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy in my opinion. So, um, what, what do you make of Jan finally getting, getting the belt at 37 years old? And is there anything that, you know, or any previous champions you can compare him to? Yeah, for me, it reminds me of Michael Bisping, right? I think it's kind of like this career achievement. It's a guy who I've been following Jan Blahovich since he was fighting in KSW. I mean, it's a it's a MMA obsessed country. Um, he's the first male champion from Poland in the UFC. Um, it, it's great to see because it, it's a country that I think gets really overlooked. I mean, we talk about Brazil, and we talk about Japan, but 
Poland is one of the biggest countries in the world for MMA, in my opinion. And Jan Blachowicz is going to be the face of it there, um, along with Joanna Jacek for quite some time, in my opinion. Did you see the video of Joanna going crazy? I love that. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Love that. Um, all right. So now that the 205 belt has moved to Jan Blachowicz, um, what do you think's next for Jan? And what did you make of his call out of John Jones after John Jones had, you know, pretty much publicly stated that he's done at 205 and he's moving up to heavyweight. You know, I like the call out, right? You know, it's, it's the greatest of all time. It's the guy who gave up the bell. I, I, I like the call out. Um, I think stylistically, that's kind of a difficult fight for Jan Blahovich. I think uh, John is a guy who likes to fight on the outside. He's got really good footwork. He's really fast. Um, but I thought that about Dom Reyes too. And, and, John Jones, uh, you know, or uh, John, Jan Blahovich really hurt Dom Reyes. So um, shows what I know. And then uh, in terms of what's next, I think Tiago Santos is going to end up being next. Um, you know, Tiago has a knockout win over Jan Blahovich. He had a very close fight with John Jones. They can't seem to get this fight with Glover Teixeira together. I think they just skip over the Teixeira fight and put Tiago right in a uh, title shot with Jan Blahovich. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I think Jan, I mean, he's not getting any younger. He's going to look to turn around pretty quick. He didn't take any damage in the Dom Reyes fight. So, yeah, I'm totally down to see him fight, you know, Santos. Who And I'll be interested to see Santos come back, too, because, I mean, he put on, in my opinion, I think the best performance anyone's ever put on against John Jones on, you know, two bum legs. So I'll be interested to see how he comes back. And I, I think that's a great matchup. That's a banger right there. So, um, yeah, I'm down with that. What What is the holdup on the Glover Texera and uh, Santos fight? So they both got COVID at different times, right? Oh so it's been canceled now twice. Wow. Okay. Um, so I don't know if they've rescheduled it yet. So moving moving forward to the John Jones fight if John Jones does decide to come back down and defend his belt or get his belt back because um, he's really got two guys you know talking shit he's got it, Israel talking shit about moving up to 205 or moving up to heavyweight and then he's got Jan Blahovich you know that's calling him out um, if John decides to move back down how do you see Jan faring against him Oh, I think, again, I think that's a tough stylistic yeah. fight for, for Jan. I, I, I just too. think, I think John Jones is so good with his kickboxing footwork, being able to stay on the outside, being able to avoid power shots. I think John always says he's not worried about powerful guys. He's worried about fast guys. So I, I just think Jan is, is just, I think it's a bad matchup for him to be honest. But like I said, I thought Dom Reyes was a pretty bad matchup for Jan Blahovich, and Jan Blahovich put on a master class. So maybe this is just a totally different Polish power we're seeing. I'm going to ask you this one next, but do you see any chance that Israel Adesanya moves up and tries to take that belt from Jan Blahovich? No, I do not. I do not. I think Israel Adesanya is interested in John Jones and John Jones alone. I don't think he's actually interested in the light heavyweight belt. Okay, um, yeah. So that's pretty much it from the light heavyweight fight. Oh, let's uh, let's talk about Dom Reyes real quick. Obviously, um, I mean, very very tough break to go five rounds with you know, in our opinion, the greatest fighter of all time. And 
a lot of media and stuff thought that Dom actually won that fight to get knocked out, you know, pretty viciously by Jan Blachowicz. Um, that's a big setback, you know, in the rankings and mentally. Uh, where do you see Dom Reyes going from here? I'd really like to see him actually take Tiago Santos spot and fight Glover Teixeira. I think that's an exciting fight. I think if Dom wins that, he's right back in that kind of top contender category at light heavyweight. Um, I think it makes sense for, for Teixeira, you know, if Teixeira gets that win, he's no question the number one contender. So um, that's a fight I want to see Glover Teixeira against Dom Reyes. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to see him like I like that Yuri Prohaskin. I, I like to see Prohaska. I like to see a matchup against him. I, I don't know, maybe someone in like three to five, three to six, something like that. Um, I don't want to see Dom thrown right back in there to either one of those guys. And, you know, two two knockouts in a row is not a good thing. I think he needs to have a little bit of a rebuilding. You know, he kind of hit the pinnacle with the John Jones fight and then he gets knocked out here. I like to see him get a win against one of those kind of you know, three to five guys and then get a kind of number one contender fight again. But, um, yeah, it's a tough break for him, but I, I think he'll be back. He's a young guy, you know, still early in his career. He's got a lot left to bring. So I think we'll see him back. Um, all right, let's move on to middleweight. So Israel Adesanya was the talk of the town, um, put on a dominant, dominant title defense against, uh, Paula Costa. Um, man, what what did you think about Israel's performance? I mean, I've been telling you that this guy is special yeah. since the Derek Brunson fight, and this was a a career defining performance, in my opinion. I mean, to take apart a guy in Costa who, you know, at the very least, even if he thought Israel was going to win this, everyone thinks and knows Costa is an absolute tank. He took shots from Yo- Yoel that most people can't handle. He Comes for, you know, comes for your neck, comes to knock you out. And Israel Adesanya made him look like an amateur out there. Um, It it was an absolute masterclass from Israel. I agree. I I think it's a statement win. When we look back on Israel's career 10 years from now, that's going to be a big landmark. You know, the Paulo Costa fight, there was all this hype. And Israel just went out there and just outclassed him. I mean, Paulo Costa didn't get started. He looked confused at times. I mean... Israel just picked him apart. And I, I think you and I kind of both, that was what we thought would happen. Um, I didn't think it would be that dominant. In my opinion, I, I've watched that fight like three or four times. That's one of the most dominant one-sided title fights I've ever seen, um, you know, at least in recent history. So, yeah, that that was huge. Um, for Israel Adesanya, there's, there's been a lot of talk after that big win about um, – his his placement on the pound for pound best you know fighter right now ranking so i want to see where do you currently put him in the top pound for pound and then where does this win put him all time with the great middleweights anderson silva chris weidman um michael bisming luke rockhold yeah i so pound for pound, first of all, I, I'm very much in favor of separating pound for pound women and pound for pound men. I think to. it's so hard to compare yeah. female MMA and male MMA at this point. So for men, I have John Jones one, Habib two, Stipe number three, and then Israel Adesanya. 
But if you're talking about fighters overall, I have Amanda Nunes one, John Jones two, Valentina three, and then my mail list, the same starts, right? So I just think it's hard to compare. I, I would say Izzy's probably the number four pound for pound fighter on, on the mail list right now. Yeah, I I think John Jones for for me is number one. Um, it's crazy. You you really think Amanda Nunes is above John Jones on the body of work? Are you kidding me? I mean, me? she's a two weight a two weight world champion who's beaten literally everyone in. Yeah, both but you can't like you can you can never compare John Jones's career to Amanda Nunes. I I don't think. But anyway, that's a discussion for another day. Um, yeah, John Jones for me is number one. I think Stipe is your clear cut number two. Just in in my opinion, he's the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. Uh, most title defenses at UFC he- heavyweight. Um, so I think he's number two. And then I, I think Izzy and Khabib are similar. You know, at number three, obviously completely different fighters. But um, yeah, with that win, I, I think Izzy's right there in the top three. You know, with with Khabib. So, uh, that's kind of my, you know, top three. I, I think him and him and, uh, Izzy are very, very close as for the middleweights. Um, yeah, I think that definitely solidifies him as the second best middleweight of all time. Obviously Anderson Silva has got the ridiculous title defense streak. So he's got a lot of work to get to that level. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I this is This is a huge statement win. this is huge for his career, his stardom, everything, um, this is a big win. Yeah. I mean, as far as middleweights go, he's definitively the number two middleweight of all time. I don't think there's an argument anymore that it's Chris Weidman. Um, I think it's very, very clearly Israel Adesanya. And it's likely to me that he will pass Anderson when all is said and done. So <clears throat> what did you think that this performance did for his stardom kind of globally? And um, did you have any problems with all the antics after the fight? You know, the the humping Apollo Costa, the nut busting on uh, his coach's face. You know, did you have any problem with that? I don't have any problem with it because I don't find it like personal or offensive. And like Costa talked a bunch of smack. And like prior to this fight, like that's kind of what happens. Like, if you're going to be disrespectful in the lead up, like you're going to get disrespected when you lose. And like, I'm fine with that. Like to me, it didn't reach like a Connor Khabib level or a Colby Covington, Tyron Woodley level, like where it was like actively disrespectful to the other fighter. And it was more about like, it was emasculating. Right. And like Costa has said some things that are pretty problematic in terms of like masculinity and it was kind of funny to see Izzy give him his just desserts there with, like, not only beating him, but humiliating him. Uh, as far as stardom goes, I think if you look at Australia, New Zealand, Izzy's the biggest star ever in MMA. If you look at Nigeria, Izzy is the Maybe biggest star sports. ever in MMA. Maybe in sports, like, in general. Not in sports. Not Let's yet? Chill. Like, really? Not in Nigeria? Like, do you know how big soccer I, is in Nigeria? I'm not big on, Come uh, on Ni- Nigerian international soccer. Sorry, Billy. Come on. Like, that's ridiculous. But, like, I mean, globally in terms of MMA superstars, it's Connor and Khabib are at the top. Yeah. Jorge is 
the next by himself, then probably Nate Diaz, yeah, and then probably Israel Adesanya. I agree. Um, and it's very possible that in the next five years, I think all four of those guys are kind of have less than five fights left, except Israel. So it's very possible that in the next five years, Israel Adesanya is the biggest star in the sport. Yeah, I actually pulled a link that um, Tapology has, and they have basically a star ranking. And they had Khabib as number one. You know, he's got, what, one to two fights left. You've got Jorge Masvidal, who's, what, 36? Maybe he has two to three fights left. I think he's 38. Is he? Is he that old? Wow. Um, Yeah, he's up there. Nate Diaz is number three ahead of Connor. That's bizarre. But um, so Nate Diaz and Connor, you know, they have three to four fights left. Then you have Israel Adesanya. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you, you go down the list. You've got John Jones, Stipe, Cowboy, Amanda Nunes, Max Holloway, DC. Outside of Max Holloway, the whole top 10 is, you know, they got two to three years left, Max. So. I, I do agree. I, I think Israel is going to be, four to five years from now, he's going to be the biggest star globally in the sport. Um, and the UFC's got to figure out how to capitalize on the African market. I, I think if they can figure out how to do that, um, he's going to be gigantic, and he's going to fight nothing but gigantic money fights. So, yeah, it, things are looking pretty sweet for Israel Adesanya. So, um as far as matchups go, what do you want to see next for Izzy? I, well, what do I want to see? I want to see John Jones get the light heavyweight belt back and fight Israel Adesanya. I don't think that's happening next. I think next he's going to fight the winner of Jared Cannonier and Robert Whitaker. I just do. I think that's because I think John has to make a decision about what he wants to do with his career because he can't go chasing this Israel super fight and also be moving up to heavyweight. He's got to make a choice. And ultimately I think he picks heavyweight. So I think Israel is going to fight Cannoneer next would be my guess. Don't sleep on Robert Whitaker, Billy. Don't you dare sleep on Robert Whitaker. Um, No, I, I think, I think he's got to fight the winner of that next. I think he's got one more fight at middleweight. And then I think John, I don't know. I think John has to move up, get a win. So John gets a win, and then it's the next fight for both of them. I I think the times now to make it, you can make it at light heavyweight. You can make it a heavyweight. You can do whatever you want. You know, Israel's a big guy, and, you know, I, I think he would be willing to move up to heavyweight and even fight. You could see him come in at like, 200 pounds at heavyweight. I, you know, I, I don't think he's a guy that needs to bulk up tremendously. He's going to do what he does and fight his style. So yeah, I I think that's a really big fight. Maybe you open 2021 with that. I I would like to see that in a stadium. That would be a huge stadium fight if we can get over the uh, COVID era. But yeah, um, I I think both of those guys have one to two fights before they match up with each other. Um, for Paulo Costa, obviously, you know, he loses in probably the worst imaginable, imaginable fashion to Israel Adesanya. Um, I still think, you know, he's very competitive with everyone in the top five at middleweight. So where do you think he goes from here? Uh, so there's three matchups that I have written down that I like for Costa next, right? I like the Yoel Romero rematch. Um 
that Uriah Hall Romero fight got scrapped. Um, the Costa Romero fight was an absolute banger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was a controversial decision. It was. Yeah, it was so was really I'm close. down for that rematch. Yeah. The second one I have Derek Brunson coming off a huge win over Edmund Shabazian look better than he has in years. Um, I really like that fight. The third one I have is kind of a wild card, but Kamzat Chimaya. Sign right? me up, Billy. This is the guy. This is the person everybody thinks is the guy. Uh, he's undefeated. He has right. a similar number to, of fights to Paulo Costa, actually. Right. Um, why not match him up? Why not? Why not? You know, if Costa beats the guy who everyone thinks is the guy, he's right back in that contender conversation. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I'm down for that fight. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree with those. Um, any any chance we see Costa move up to uh, 205? I don't think so. I don't know no. why he would. I, I, I don't think he has trouble. Like, he is a big guy, but I think he does make middleweight fairly comfortably. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, – I would be very worried if I was him about – you know, his, his advantage is the power at middleweight. Those guys at 205 hit just as hard as he does. So um, I would not be rushing up to light heavyweight if I was him. Okay, I agree. Um, Any other notable performances from that that card? Uh, Shout out Brandon Royval. That was exciting, man. That was the one I said to keep an eye on. That was the one. Snatched the guillotine. That was exciting. That was a great fight. Shout out to him. That was awesome. I love the flyweights, man. I love what the flyweight division's looking like these days. Yeah, not so boring anymore, huh, Dana White? Um, All right, let's move on. So last week's card, uh, Holly Holm was back in action against Irene Aldana. Um, My opinion, I, I texted you this. I was like, this is the best we've seen Holly look since maybe the Ronda Rousey fight. Um. She just looked smooth. She looked confident. She looked good, and she just worked Aldana. So um, what did you make of Holly's performance? She was super aggressive. I mean, more aggressive than we've seen her in years. She moved forward with strikes. Um, the takedowns looked great. Um, she just looked like she had like completely renewed confidence. It was so, so impressive to me because what we've seen out of Holly, even in her wins over the past few years, is someone who's moving backwards. It's a lot of footwork. It's kind of a lot of moving on the outside. She came right for Aldana and tried to knock her out, and that was super impressive to me. I agree. That was freaking awesome. It was good to see her back, and it it uh, gives some life to that division too. To see kind of a reborn Holly Holm or a you know kind of a f- blast from the past with Holly Holm. Um, yeah, it, it was awesome. I liked it. So um, for Holly, what what do you think's next for her? I want to see the rematch with Jermaine Durandamy. Yeah, I think that's fight. the number one contender. Durandamy was also on that card, looked fantastic, uh, hitting a guillotine on Juliana Pena, who's a jiu-jitsu ace. Um, I, I really want to see that fight. It was a controversial decision. There's bad blood there. Um, I just think that's the perfect fight to set up one of those two women challenging in a rematch with Amanda Nunes for that 135 crown. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Number one pound-for-pound pound fighter, Amanda Nunes. Okay, let's take it easy, Billy. Uh, all right, so for Holly Holmes, um, is she still a top draw in women's MMA? I think she's the number one draw in women's MMA. Wow. Um, 
The ratings for this ESPN card were very good. She's a known name. If you talk to any casual fan, they know who she is. Um, I I ranked probably the the four other women who I think are draws. I think it's probably Joanna, Amanda, Valentina, and Wiley Zhang in the UFC, and then Cyborg and Bellator. How dare you leave Holly Rose off of there? Old. Come on, Rose. Rose is not a draw. What? Thug what Rose. Is Rose a draw. Uh, in my card, she's my favorite female fighter. So soft spot for Thug Rose. But um, no, I do. I I think when you, I agree. Like if I talk to any casual fan and they, you know, they see the card on Instagram or whatever. They're, oh, Holly Holmes fighting this week. Holly Holmes fighting this week. She's a, she's a big name. And I think it's probably due to her longevity, you know, how long she's been around. She's fought in big fights. Um, obviously she's well known for the Ronda Rousey KO, but, um, yeah, I agree. I think she's one of the, the biggest draws in it, women's MMA as well. Um, all right. Off of this card, um, wasn't the best of cards, but any other notable fights? I got to shout out my guy, Carlos Condit. Yeah. The original BMF, yeah. Carlos Condit. I mean, he looked like the Carlos Condit of old. He broke Court McGee's nose. He seems totally recommitted to the MMA game in his post-fight interviews. So here's my three matchups I want to see for Carlos Condit coming up next. Matt Brown, love, love that fight. Yeah, that's a great fight. Tyron Woodley little rematch action, maybe a little revenge for the natural-born killer. Right. Or Nick Diaz. I think Carlos Conda is prime for a Nick Diaz fight. If you no, know, I love back, that one. Which, That's the one. Which may or may not be happening. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll move on from that card. Uh, Bellator also had a card, and our guy, James Gallagher, gets another win. Uh, dominant fashion. So uh, what did you think of Gallagher's win, and um, what's next for him in Bellator? Yeah, he's fighting a guy named—he fought a guy named Cal Eleanor. It's kind of the uh, Tony versus Habib of the European MMA scene. It's two guys who were undefeated for a long time, top prospects, you know, never could kind of put the fight together. And finally they got it, and uh, Gallagher just looked dominant. I mean, just was able to get to the back, get a rear naked choke— first round um i don't think he's getting the title shot next i think sergio pettis is the clear number one contender at 135 in bellator so i have three fights i would like to see gallagher potentially take i love the ricky bandejas rematch he's coming off a loss to sergio pettis uh i would love him to fight patchy mix another jujitsu guy who's beat bandejas but just lost to archuleta for the title and then the third guy is maybe a little under the radar, but just fought our guy, friend of the show, Cass Bell, uh, Raytheon Stotts. Really, really good bantamweight out in Bellator, um, who I would love to see Gallagher fight. So give me your 135 top contenders right now in Bellator. Uh, Juan Archuleta, number one. He's the champion. Spaniard. He's the best. Um, I'm going to put Sergio Pettis number two. I was really impressed with his performance against Bandejas. He's looked really good Third, since he moved to Bellator. Really good. Really good. Third, I'm going with my guy, Patchy Mix. Um, I thought that fight with Archuleta was really close. I thought definitely in the early rounds, he was actually pretty close to finishing the fight. So that was pretty impressive to me. Fourth, I'm going to go with Raytheon Stotts. I think he's really under the radar. 
I think you should look up his fights on YouTube. He's really, really good. You know, Cass Bell, who's an unbelievable fighter, had a tough time with him. Right. And then fifth, I got Bandejas. Um, I just think his win, his win over Gallagher looks even more impressive now, but I'd love to see that rematch. All right, let's move on. Um, the UFC is back in action this week. We've got the main event. This is the main event, right? Marlon Marias taking on our guy, Corey the Sandman, Sanhagen. Um, how how do you see this fight? Obviously, Corey's coming off that disappointing loss. Um, how do you see this fight going down? I think Corey's going to try and be really technical in this fight. I think he's going to use his footwork. He's going to try and stay on the outside. He's going to try and make Marlon miss early and really try and wear him out and, and make this kind of a uh, a fight where not a lot of strikes land. I think you know if Corey's winning this fight, it should be really boring to the casual fan. Um Marlon Marais is going to try and make this a brawl. I, I think Marlon Marais has the huge power advantage. I think he has the advantage in the clinch, the advantage on the ground. I think the dirtier, grimier, more closely contested this fight is, the better it is for Marlon Marais. What do you think? Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Corey, ha- Corey Sanhagen returns. Um, who, who did Marlon Marais fight last? Aldo? Is that his last fight? No, he has a win since then. Does he? I believe so. Yeah, because Sanhagen's coming off the loss to Aljo, which he, you know, really didn't get a chance to get into that fight. And that, I thought Marlon's last fight was Jose Aldo, where he won the. Oh, you're right. It is. It is yeah. Jose Aldo. So he he beat a Sun Sao, he lost to Cejudo, and right. then he beat Aldo. Yeah. So this is a big fight. I mean, this is what this has got to be the number one contender fight, right? So, I mean, I guess, but, like, I don't, you know, if Corey Sanhagen wins this, he can't jump Aljo. And then well, if Aljo, Marlon Aljo wins this. Aljo and Peter Yan are already slotted to fight, right, later this year? Is that booked? It's, I don't think that's I booked. think they're talking about it for the either the November or the December card. Maybe the, the last okay. pay-per-view of the, of the year. And we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I think you've got to make that fight. That's your clear-cut title fight and then i mean this has got to be your number one contender fight and i, I think that's Cor- fine by me then yeah yeah and for Corey, i you know I, I think we didn't get to see what he had to offer against all you know uh aljermaine sterling he just got put in a bad position early and never really got a chance to get started but i we're really we've talked about this guy at at, at link we're really high on this guy he's kind of like a mix between dominic cruz and Tony Ferguson and Chon Jones. He's like this, just like prodigy MMA kid. And, you know, I, I think he's got a huge ceiling in this division. And then you know what Marlon brings, you know? So this should be a really fun fight. So who you got? Who you got? Um, I'm going to go Corey Sanhagen by decision. Um, I think this is going to be a back and forth fight, but I think, I think Corey's going to grind it out. Corey's tough, resilient. You know, like I said, he's well-rounded. You know, I, I, I got Corey Sanhagen. All right. You? I'm taking the magic man, Marlon Marais. Okay. I, I'm going to go round two knockout, honestly. I, I don't think okay. Corey's faced someone who hits like Marlon hits, honestly. Yeah. I mean, maybe John Lineker, but I, yeah. I, I just think Marlon is kind of a different animal in there. This is a guy who's he's seen everything. He's Agreed. been around the block. He's got great Muay Thai. He's got great jujitsu. I, right. I just I think. 
I don't know that there's a more complete fighter in this sport than Marlon Moraes. Right. Um, all right. Any more notable, notable fights on this card this weekend? Here's my deep cut for you. I know you. I, everybody loves these, right? We love the deep so, cuts. So, Drykus Duplessis. Jesus, He's the good on that former, one. former KSW welterweight champion. He's fighting Marcus Perez on the main card. And he's the only man to beat current KSW champ, welterweight champion Roberto Soldich in the KSW cage. I believe that Roberto Soldich is one of the best, if not the best, welterweight outside the UFC. Drykus Duplessis beat him. So I am really looking out for this this weekend. Um, I'm most excited about that fight on the entire card. Okay, I got one for you. This is way, way down the prelims. My guy, Giga Chizagi? How the hell do you say his last name? Chikadize. 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 He's a head striking coach somewhere in Abu Dhabi. But he, he fought on one of the first Fight Island cards against... Let me see here. Uh, maybe Jamal Emmers? I don't... No, it was on an Overeem card. So, yeah, against Erwin Rivera. This dude's striking is fucking incredible. Um, really, really good striker. So keep an eye out on him. He's like the third fight on the prelims. But um, that's my deep cut for the week, Billy. Um... All right, let's get into some current events. We got probably 15, 20 minutes here, and then we're going to get on to the Frank Mir interview. So, um, Billy, Connor versus Dustin, two. Looks like we're getting very, very close. What are your thoughts on this? I think this is real, man. I think this is real. I think Connor and Dustin are putting the pressure on the UFC to make this happen. I think it makes sense. Um, I think Connor very clearly wants to fight this year and doesn't care who it is. I think Dustin wants to get revenge on Connor. I think this fight's going to happen December 12th is my guess. December 12th. So that's the, the card that Usman and Burns fell out of. Yes. Okay. Um, is that, is that the Amanda Nunes card? Let me see. UFC schedule. Let's see here. Two five four is Khabib. Two five five. No, they don't even have it on here. Come on, UFC, get better. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think this happens before the end of the year. Um, you know, I, I think the UFC couldn't pull Tony and Dustin together. Um, Connor's looking for a dance partner. It's man, two of the best four lightweights on the planet. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Connor's going to have to go down to one, uh, 155 again. I mean, they're not going to fight this at 170. 100%. So, yeah, that'll, 100%. Be, that'll be interesting. And then I think that's your clear-cut number one contender, right? Uh, clear as day to me. Clear yeah. as day to me. I don't yeah. see any way. I mean, if Dustin Poirier beats Connor McGregor, or if he fights Tony Ferguson and beats him, or if he fights Michael Chandler and beat him, how do you deny this man at this point in his career of another title shot? Right. And then, and then with Connor, Connor wins. I mean, they, they can't hand out title shots to Connor McGregor fast enough. 
So, uh, you know, I, I think either way, the guy who wins this fight is going to fight for the title next. So, obviously, in Dana's mind, he wants to make Conor versus Khabib, too. Obviously, Khabib's got to get past Justin first. Do you think it's too big of a risk to throw him in there with Dustin? I think it gives legitimacy to Connor fighting for another title, right? Yeah. I think, you know, Dustin is considered, you know, at your absolute lowest, right? If if you're, this is not how I would rank it, but say like you're just not a Dustin fan or whatever, at the absolute lowest, it would go Khabib, Gaethje, Ferguson, Dustin. Yeah. You can't say Dustin is lower than the fourth best uh, lightweight on the planet. If Connor beats him, I think they're going to, like, it gives legitimacy to Connor getting a title shot, right? So you think if they book that, then you make Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chandler? Bingo. Yeah. No, I agree. That's freaking awesome. All right. Um, so let's move on here. Usman Burns apparently off. I, I guess um, Usman needs a little more time. Um, so we're back to Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards still without a fight, um, hasn't fought since I saw him live. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not even going to let you finish this Come question. On. I got something to say about Leon Edwards. <laughs> I'm very frustrated with this man Come, right Take now. a fight. Leon take Edwards a fight. is a – he's a phenomenal fighter. He's exciting. He's actually – he's a good on the microphone. Like, he is a phenomenal fighter, would be a phenomenal ambassador for British MMA, could potentially be welterweight champion someday. This man has not fought in over a year, and he's saying everybody wants doesn't want to fight him. He's got a former two-time title challenger and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson knocking on his goddamn doorstep, and he's not doing a damn thing about it, Parker. He won't take the fight. He's actively avoiding it. He's acting like he had a title shot already lined up, which has literally never happened. Like, your time passed. Gilbert Burns ate your goddamn lunch yes. over the course of this 100%. pandemic, and you need to get in there, and you need to take a fight against one of these contenders and earn your way back to that number one spot because you lost it. And I 100%. never talk like this, and I never criticize fighters up. like this, but Leon Edwards is pissing me off because I'm frustrated seeing him squander this opportunity to get his chance to prove he's the best welterweight in the world. Yeah, I agree. Take a fight, or you may get cut. Like, if you're not going to fight, what are you doing? You, Wonder Boy is sitting there. Wonder Boy is a big name, a big test. Take the fight. If you make Wonder Boy look stupid, you're undeniable. I mean, you're going you're gonna to get the next title shot. But look, Gilbert, I agree. Gilbert Burns has capitalized on the COVID situation. The dude's fought four times since Leon Edwards fought in July of 2019. So, yeah, fight, fight. Like, quit talking shit. Tyron Woodley has fought yeah. twice, and his body is held together with duct tape and chalk at this point. Nate like, Diaz has fought two times since, since Leon Edwards' fight fought. Like, come on. Fight? Or just uh, – he's going to get cut if he doesn't fight. 100%. We're going to see him and as by a welterweight way, champ in Bellator. They, they're not offering him up Kamzat Chimaev and saying, hey, take this unranked guy, right? Wonderboy is, I believe, the number six ranked 
welterweight contender. He's a two-time former title challenger. Oh, and by the way, he's on the wrong side of 35, and in his last fight, he took his first knockout of his career. Like, that is the easiest money that you're getting in the top 10 at of the UFC right now, and Leon Edwards still doesn't want it? Like, at what point do we just sit there and say, like, Dana always says this, and I always think it's bullshit, but this guy does not want to actually fight. He just doesn't. I agree. I mean, you look at the the, the rest of the welterweight division is going to pass him by, with especially with the big names there. You've got Usman, you've got Colby, you've got Burns, you've got Masvidal, if you've got Nate Diaz hanging around. Like, take a fight. Take a fight or just don't fight. I, I don't know. I don't know what else you could do. I am so fired up about that situation. I, I'm just – beyond upset all right let's talk about a uh a little lighter topic uh another brit another one of our favorite brits here uh darren till and mike perry have one of the best relationships in mma darren till has offered five thousand dollars to corner mike perry <laughs> what do you think about the uh the offer from darren till there so mike perry number one I mean, after his last post-fight interview, Parker, this guy's got to owe back taxes, right? That's that's 100% what's going on. Has to be. Number two, uh, Mike Perry, accidental genius, auctioning off his cornerman spots. That's incredible. Third of all, how about not just Darren Till, but the, you saw the, the webcam company that offered up $10,000 for him to take a cam girl in the corner. And his baby mom, Mike Perry's baby mama was immediately like, absolutely not. Oh, my God. We got to get Mike Perry on this the show. This is a three-ring circus. Mike Perry's a gym. He's, he's a gym to MMA. Um, one of a kind. But, uh, yeah, I'm down for Darren Till in his corner. I, I think that'd be helpful. They can be talking shit the whole time. Darren, Darren Till hitting on his baby mama, and let's go. That's must-watch TV, especially in COVID with no crowd, and you can hear the corner. It's awesome. Raw dog nation. Raw dog nation. All right. Um, we talked about the Izzy John Jones beef. Uh, yeah, that got a little dark. Um, honestly, I think Izzy's in bored and quarantine and. John Jones is off cocaine. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What did you think of their online Twitter beef that went back and forth for the last, what, two to three weeks? I'm, I'm already bored with it, man. I, yeah. I just don't – I don't like when, like, the families get involved. Like, and, like, I, I just think it's, like, pers- like if you want to be personal about it and, like, I'm going to fight you, Park, I'll come after you. I'm yeah. not going to come after your family. Like, yeah, it gets weird. Like, I'm not fighting, you know, Izzy, you're not fighting his mom, right? Like, John, you're not fighting Izzy's dad. Like, yeah. don't bring it up. Like, it's it's not enjoyable to watch. I'm kind of bored with this. I, I just, I don't think either of them actually wants to fight each other is the funny thing. Um, I don't either. I, I, I just, yeah, I just don't think they're, I, I don't find it compelling. So I'm kind of over it. I, I think they will fight. I just don't think the time is right right now. You know, so we'll see how this builds up. Um, but yeah, I think this is a huge fight. Maybe this time next year, but I, I think it's a little early. And you know, we'll see how it pans out. Um, all right, 
our last current event, our guy, Tony Ferguson, goes off on the UFC, on the lightweight division, on the welterweights, on the whole roster. Tony Ferguson wants a fight, and he wants it now. What are we doing? Why are we not letting El Kukui fight? Pay the man. It's the same reason always, Parker. Pay the man. He's one of the most exciting fighters in the sport. He's one of the most compelling personalities in MMA. You know, if if Dustin is going to fight Connor, book Tony versus Chandler and pay him. Like, period. I still, I love the Dustin versus Tony fight. I think that's a perfect fight. But, you know, I can't take away the red panty night from Dustin Poirier. So, let, let Tony fight Michael Chandler, pay the man. Let's get on with the El Kakui era because this guy is as fun as anyone to watch fight in a cage. Yeah, he's the best. Um, all right. Is that it? Wow. Oh, hey, any, uh, you hold any weight on Tony going up to uh, light heavyweight or middleweight or welterweight? I could actually, you know what? He fought at the Ultimate Fighter at welterweight. Yeah. I think for the right matchup, I could see Tony Ferguson going up to welterweight. Genuinely, I could too. and I don't think, yeah. I don't think his style, like I don't think he slows down at all going to welterweight. I think he'd be just fine. Uh, you know what? It's like totally an out there fight, but is would be very Maybe entertaining. Yes. How about Tony Ferguson? Tony Ferguson against Kamzat Chimaev. Oh my God. Sign me up, Billy. Take all my money. Yes. Absolute madman fight. It's a madman fight. Will you please tweet uh, Sean Shelby right now and suggest that? Hopes, surely someone's floated that in the in the war room. That's a great fight. I also I've always wanted to see Tony against Nate. You look at you look at the situation right now, and it's again like I think Nate's going to be left behind now because it seems like Jorge's fighting Colby, Connor's fighting Dustin, Tony versus Nate's a Phenomenal matchup. Oh, but that's that's a doctor stoppage waiting to happen, and you know oh, it. Tony no. Ferguson elbows and Nate Diaz scar tissue do not mix. I do not need to see that. We need to have that fight in Chechnya and just that fight to the death. No no doctor stoppage is allowed. Um, all right. I think that's our fastest episode ever. 45 minutes, Billy. We were moving today. Um, we're going to take a little break. What about our full KSW 55 preview? You promised me we were going to relax, relax. We're going to have to get one in Russian. We're going to have to get it, bring a translator in here and pander to our Russian audience. Um, but episode 50, me and Billy are coming back with a big interview here later on tonight. Frank Mir, the great and powerful Frank Mir coming on the show. So we'll be back about 15 to 20 minutes and both episodes will be live tomorrow. So Billy onwards to episode 50. Texas trees is the premier tree care company in the DFW area. Whether you need basic maintenance or specialized services, when it comes to trees, we've got you covered. Pruning, chipping, bracing, and cabling, even root barriers and disease control. We do it all. And if you aren't sure what you need, we have certified arborists on staff to point you in the right direction. Visit us at NorthTexasTrees.net. That's NorthTexasTrees.net. Thanks for listening to Parker's MMA Show. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
and visit Parker Keen's MMA show.podbean.com for additional information on Parker and to stay up to date on the latest drama in the fight world. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out the show notes. <laughs>